0: Welcome to Monday Morning Critic Podcast. Here is Derek Thomas. Where are you going? Late night event. Yeah, okay, sure. I want to talk to you. Just sit down and we don't have to do it here. I made a crazy risk,
1: a gamble, and it's about to pay off. Howard, where's the money right now?
0: You said I got till Monday. Today is still Monday. Is it too late? I'm it. Just give me another shot. Are
2: you serious right now? Who's
1: the girl living in your apartment? What'd you say? Power! You're taking my money all over town, placing bets. take them out and show ourselves. Oh. You like the way things are going now?
0: Get the kids out of the house.
1: You like to win, right? This is no different than that. Black jewel power. This is me. This is how I win.
0: Uncut jams.
1: Welcome to episode 182 of Monday Morning Critic podcast. Thank you for either downloading or streaming today's episode. You can always get episodes available on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, and everywhere podcasts are found. You can also find me on Facebook at Monday Morning Critic podcast, on Twitter at MDM Critic. On Instagram at Monday Morning Critic. And if you want, you can just go right to my website and get all the interviews from 1 to 182 at MMCpodcast.com. That's MMCpodcast.com. Today's guest is an awesome one. Truthfully, I've done almost 200 interviews. He's easily one of my favorites. I love his honesty. I love this story, his personal story, his professional story. He is actor Keith Richards. Keith's performance in Uncut Gems starring Adam Sandler. An absolute drop-the-mic performance from Keith Richards. Uh, I wasn't expecting it. And when I left the theater that day after seeing Uncut Gems, I'm like, when we had movie theaters, remember those days? When I left the theater, I said to myself, I have to interview this guy. This guy, I have to get this guy on the podcast. And Keith agreed to come on. Really good guy. Like I said, really good, solid human being. This is his first performance in a movie, his first role in a movie. And for it to be a blockbuster like this is is unheard of. It's unheard of. And most people, if put in this position that Keith was in, tend to... Because Keith plays a a bit of a tough guy. He's not really a gangster. He's kind of an enforcer a little bit. He's, He's doing a job. But most people in this role, you know, a lot of cursing, you know, a lot of violence... And, and and his character has some of that, but his character has depth and what makes it so amazing is that this guy it's the acting that amazes me right anybody you can find anybody that that can act like a tough guy on screen right you just do those things you swear you you show a gun uh you, you say don't make me do this again you threaten somebody's family on screen you know that's a that's you know the stereotypical. No depth, really nothing there, Uh, tough guy. The exact opposite of what Keith brings to the role, you know? Knowing it was his first role, I went back and I watched Uncut Gems again. And I'm just watching the way Keith interacts with Adam Sandler, with just, there's so many top actors in this movie. But to watch his facial expressions, to watch him exchange dialogue with people who have, you know, 50, 100, 200 credits in their in their filmography and not only is Keith going toe-to-toe with them he is establishing a very original unique character you know when I know many people as I mentioned would be tempted to go down a very generic road that's been done countless times but he not only is he just picture this not only is he going toe-to-toe with these top amazing actors he's developing this really original character And you see as the movie unfolds, you start to see his character kind of develop along with it. It's just pretty amazing. And I'm so lucky to have a podcast where I can interview just phenomenal actors like Keith. And I'm going to stop rambling at this point and just introduce you to the man. This is episode 182. Please meet Keith Richards. My next guest performance in Uncut Gems was one of the best of 2019. His legendary character, Phil, will live on in movie infamy. He was one of the most ruthless and raw villains in cinematic history. Please welcome Keith Richards. Keith, thank you so much for being on the show today.
0: You're very welcome,
1: and thank you for having me. So, I don't know, man. I I never say this to people. I really don't. But I feel like your life, anybody's life could be a movie, but I I feel like your life could be a movie that people would want to see.
0: Yeah, you know something, uh, it's funny you said that because <laughs> uh, they used to call me Hollywood sometimes down <laughs> the street uh, because, yes, I have, I have a story. There's no question about
1: it. You know, and, and after the movie, I was like, there's one guy I wanted to interview. I said, I have to speak with him. I have to talk to Keith. And you were so kind to really communicate with me and follow through. So I, I thanked you off air. I will thank you on air, too. Thank you again, Keith.
0: Hey, I appreciate everything you're doing as well, and I
1: thank you. You know, the fact that this is your first acting job is astonishing to me. Like, it's maybe the most unbelievable thing I've seen in almost 200 interviews. You're like a a natural at this.
0: Well, you know, I guess, you know, the the guy that I was... um, Acting along my, well, who was acting alongside me, should I say, Tommy to call me. He had said, and he's very right, guys like him and I, uh, we acted our whole lives. Mm. You know, uh, we just didn't get any degrees. Uh, walking away with our life or in one piece was our degree. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know, you do,
0: and when you're in Rome, you do as the Romans, you know, act yeah. as if, you know, make yeah. it to make it. All these things come to mind uh, when I think
1: of acting. Yeah, you know, a bit of School of Hard Knocks, if you will. You know, and it's it's you know, I, I look at um, you know most actors that I interview, they go looking for acting, but in your case, Keith, it's just the opposite. Acting came looking for you. Is that's that's a correct statement, right?
0: Yeah. Well, what happened is, and it's funny too because it was all in the same area, uh, over by Tompkins Square Park or down by Mulberry Street, in those areas. Uh, for some reason, everywhere I went, somebody asked me, do you, are you an actor, or would you like to act? And I think it was in uh, Thompson Square, that's right, uh, my last one, I think it was in 89. It was, a uh, uh, who was it, Sean Penn, I think it was a Sean Penn movie. I don't know what they wanted me to do, they just asked me if I liked Sean Penn.
2: Yeah. And I
0: said, of course I do and I said a lot of people think I look like him, and they laughed and I laughed, and I almost did it, but my cousin came by and says, what are you, crazy? We've been running from cameras our whole life, now you're gonna run into it. So that was the end of that, and uh, we went our way and they went their way. But I've been asked three or four times, I never stepped to the plate because it just, I don't know, it just didn't feel right. It, it, I didn't feel like I belonged, you know? Right, right. So I just ignored it, but this time, uh, I was approached on First Avenue and 14th Street, and at the time I was approached, I was also looking to find something new to do, because, you know, I was a uh, first responder. I was a carpenter, mm-hmm. and I went down when the first tower went down, And I got sick, and I can no longer do the work I used to do. So after beating all of that and getting through all of that nonsense, I'm not the kind of guy to sit around. So it was perfect timing. And Michelle Mansour and Jennifer Venditti, they convinced me. They said, come on, just do it. Just prove us wrong. Because I had told them, listen, I, I, I don't think it's not for me. You know, I've been asked before, but... It's not for me. And she said, aren't you a little curious? And she was right. So I went and I did that. And, uh... They proved me wrong.
1: Yeah, and you were walking towards, I think, the L train, right? And they kind of said to you... Wait.
0: Exactly. As a matter of fact, I was standing... Well, I was walking towards the L train when I felt somebody. You know when you know somebody's looking at you? <laughs> yeah. And I felt like I was being followed. I was like, oh, my God, someone's going to bite me in the tail from the, from the past. That's what it felt like. And I was like, what could it be? What could it be? So I'm standing. I stopped uh, alongside the, the uh, train station, and I lit a cigarette. And it's funny, because I was just trying, I was I was quitting at the time, and I, I just said to hell with it. And I just, I had one, and I lit it, and I turned to my left, and there was this girl, little girl. And I looked at her, and she asked me, are you an actor? And then I laughed. <laughs> and then that's when she said, yes, I know. You were looking around. I have been following you. She said she was
1: following me for a couple of blocks. Wow, and wow. that's when
0: she went into the spew about, you know, Adam Sandler movie, and, it, and that's, how, that's it, how it all
1: started. And when you hear that story about, you know, because that happens to other actors, but it never works out like it worked for you. It always works out horribly, right? They say, do you want to be an actor? And it's always a nightmare story about, you know, some kind of awful, you know what I'm saying, situation. But in your case, it worked out really well, you know?
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny. Because it's not that I'm not a gangster, never was I. But right. I grew up in, in a time uh, where that was the norm, okay? Right. We spoke like that, we acted like that, we carried ourselves like that. I was raised in South Brooklyn. On lower side, I was born, and I was raised in, uh, in South Brooklyn, down by Red Hook on the Piers. So I had th- that mentality, you know. The charisma, all of that—I think that's what they were attracted to, and it just so happened that that was the part they needed me to play. So I just tapped into uh, the past a little, and I added a little, uh, put a little zing in it, and there was Phil. it was still—it really wasn't that hard to uh, uh, to put together for me.
1: Yeah, and I want to touch on your performance in a little bit, but I'm going to say, yeah, there's no—I was just going to say, there's no acting school. Uh, Keith that can teach what you did on screen there's none there's no mentor there's no acting coach either you have that or you don't and you clearly
0: have it well I'm going to be real careful when I say who my mentor is but (laughs) what I will say is it's that's why I kind of feel like maybe I can do more because I've walked so many different lines that was just a small part of my life right And like I said before, when I act as if or, you know, when it won't do as the Romans or fake it to make it, I had to do that on many occasions, you know, different periods of my life. Uh, In other words, not act like me. So I had to become a, a product of my environment temporarily to get done whatever it is I had to do. So I think I can take that to the stage. I think I would do well.
1: Yeah, and, and before we get to, you know, some more of that, I, I, I do want to talk a little about some of the stuff you brought up about, you know, your early beginnings, you know, South Brooklyn, you know, Red Hook is no joke, you started off as a longshoreman, you were a carpenter, you mentioned the first responder, ground zero, um, when, how, how was it, was it tough where you grew up, was it, I mean, I'm from Massachusetts, I know a little bit about New York, you know, I, I have an idea of, you know, different boroughs and so forth. Um, how tough was it growing up where you grew up? Did, did you like it? Is it someplace you loved being? Uh, talk a little about that, Keith, if you don't mind.
0: No, I don't mind at all. Um, well, I, I kind of felt a little shuffled around. So it seemed like uh, I was always getting into a new area. I was the kind of guy that just spread out. so And I think that was because I, had no, I liked, I enjoyed going into new areas. So as far as adjusting into areas wasn't a big deal. I was pretty versatile in that area. But I will say that there were times where, you know, you have peer pressures uh, on, all, on so many different levels, but I'll just get into one in particular, like drugs. Mm. Um, drugs was something I was totally against. But and it, at, at the earlier point of my life, I was able to push it away. But when I got a little older, I was dealing with heavier hitters and it wasn't that easy to push away. Mm. And eventually I found myself in a rut with drugs. So, uh, but outside of that, I think my life was just like any other kid's life growing up. I mean, you know, you have your good guys, your bad guys, you have your ups and downs, Uh, you know, decisions, 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 you know. Uh, But for the most
1: part I have no regrets. Yeah, and it sounds like you've overcome some obstacles. You know, we mentioned some stuff off the air that you overcome, you've overcome the drugs and and I know right. just from just from following you you're very um and if I'm wrong here, religious I think. So you yes. y- you've kind of uh, evolved as a person which most which is one of the most the best qualities you can have as a human being Keith, I think. Well,
0: I appreciate that, but you're right. Um I had hit some pretty, lo- I mean, real lows in my life when it came to drugs. Alcohol spared me, but drugs didn't. Right. And um, I was in and out for a while there. I would say from my twenties to my thirties was a real nightmare. And uh, and then I had gathered some clean time. I went to jail. I did some jail time. Um. And. Getting out, but every time that happened, I know it's hard to believe, but I actually learned something. But I also, but I had one problem. I I would learn, but I felt like I was carrying everything. Right, you understand? Right, right. And so that became a problem, and and I would just repeat and repeat. As time went on, um, I had a child, and I had thirteen years clean, and then the the whole thing started again when I got sick and the painkillers, it all, it it just reoccurred. But, what really set me a course was, um, religion was in my life, my whole life. I mean, I was an altar boy. And I never really paid attention. I was one of those kids that just, just acted as if and, you know, Mm. and moved on. I never really bought into anything. Right. Uh, I knew a lot, but I didn't, I knew very little. So, what happened there was I was introduced to a pastor, Gary Petrillo, from my girlfriend uh, and and my fiance, who is my fiance right now. And right from the start, it was was a fight, but they hung in there. And there came a point in time where they were like, Gary just pulled my card, which a lot of people were afraid to do. Mm. They were afraid to approach me. And Gary finally did and said, "Listen, you you got you know, one foot in, one foot out. What's it going to be?" And I chose the one foot in, and I know it sounds easy, but it was very hard. And it was a lot of work, but eventually, after uh, buying into uh, the Bible, looking, reading it over and over again, asking questions, uh, there was this light just came on. Right, and since then. I was able to overcome almost everything right. in my life, including cancer, uh, emphysema. I had a 40% um, um, lung capacity at one time.
2: Wow. Now I have a
0: 98% lung capacity. I mean, I overcome everything, and the doctors are standing there scratching their heads.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. So, but, but you were right about the, the drug part, the jail part, well, which I. I just said to you, I brought up to you, yeah. and the religion, uh, you know, buying into Christ, uh, accepting him as my Lord and Savior, that took me to a whole different level, and I started to grow through things instead of go through them, literally, I used to hear that, but I never knew what it meant, I know what it means now, now don't get me wrong, I am light years away from perfect, <laughs>
2: Right,
0: right, <laughs> but... I'm a whole lot closer than I was, and I feel a lot better. I feel like
1: now I can focus and do whatever I want. No, Keith, that's phenomenal, man. And I got to say, you know, there's no story quite like a redemption story, and you're right. I think all of us, not just you, I think everybody is, every day you're just trying to be a little bit better than the next, right? Nobody's ever going to get to the perfect point, you know? I mean, but when I said early on, Keith, about your life being a movie, I mean, I wasn't exaggerating. Cancer, drugs, ground zero. I mean, you've, you've come to a place where most people couldn't get through one of those things. Never mind all three, four, five, six. Like, that in itself, Keith, and I hate to use this word, is is a miracle, I think.
0: Well, you know what? I always believed what you said. Like, okay, me going through this, it was a miracle. But then I come to find out that there were so many more people just like me in right. the church and in other places, but mostly in the church, that had it just like me, if not worse. And that's what really flipped me into the direction I'm in now, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah, Uh, yeah.
0: But I don't even try to do better, because, you know, when you believe in something, you don't really have to try. You have to recognize things, but you don't have to put a whole lot more, it's not as much as you think it is. It gets easier. No, it's,
1: yeah, yeah, it certainly does, you know, Um, just just to touch quickly on Ground Zero, I mean, you were a carpenter working there, you're you're, you're taking buckets of, you know, digging people out, I mean, that's a pretty amazing story in itself too, Keith, you know, that's, uh, you know, like I said, it's just this piece of the puzzle of this one, just phenomenally amazing life.
0: Yeah, people, like, you know, like yourself, you know, everyone says how it's amazing, and it is, but... I don't know. Right? It just feels normal to me. Uh, maybe it's just the way I was raised. There were a lot of guys down here the, the same thing. It just felt it's something you had to do, and you and you had no problem. You know what it is. I had no problem stepping to other things, right? Yeah. Um, now I'm stepping to things worthwhile. Yeah. So I think it's just again, it's a perfect example of me reversing everything. But I was always like that. I mean, I'm sure you, you wouldn't let anybody if somebody fell or somebody hurt one of your hand, and you were available, you would do it, right? Yeah,
1: I would. But but it's, it's sure. Yeah, so, but...
0: but I appreciate uh, you know what you what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. I'm not shooting that down. Uh, but I don't want my head to ball up to the point where my wife's got to scrape me
1: from the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I was going to ask you this at, at the end, but I'll go out of order a little bit. Have you found that opportunity has been, and this is probably a stupid question, but opportunity has been more expanded since the movies come out? Have you found yourself kind of, because you talked about playing some other parts and you know wanting to continue, have you found that opportunity has come knocking a lot more now?
0: Um. It, you know, I've got, I've got a lot of phone calls and a lot of questions or, or asked of me. And that's one of them. And yeah, I do. I, I'm i definitely more driven to acting now. Um. Sometimes I look back and I say, well, why didn't I do this before? But you know what? There was a reason. Because whatever that reason was, I don't know what it is, and I'm not even going to try to figure it out. But there was a reason why I was... I mean, totally against doing it. And it wasn't because I disliked anything in Hollywood or anyone or the fact of going in front of a camera. Uh, It wasn't because I was uncomfortable. It was just something that told me no. It was that simple. Um, So, you know, now it's different. Now I'm all for it. I'm anxious to, to, to do something. And I just hope that somebody out there is willing to take uh, take me on like, like the Safdies did. And, you know, Adina Menzel, all those guys, they took a chance with me. Yeah. You know, I mean, so they no- saw the, the, the part, the character I played, and I didn't even realize it until I saw it. But I thought about it afterwards. And these people, I'm sure they knew that they were taking a big gamble with this character. Having
2: me do it, yeah, yeah. And,
1: and, so, and
0: I'm glad that I was able to to do what I did. I had no idea I was
1: even had the ability to do that. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, Keith, but, I'm te- Keith. I'm telling you, I've seen everything, and I, you know, I, I'm gonna tell you, it's one of the most genuine. It's almost a perfect performance. It's it's unbelievable, man. Like you're, you, and and I know you're coming from a lot of places. Of you know, you, you kind of had things that developed over the course of your life into that performance, but. Man, you're you're just a natural as an actor. I just and it's so good. It's I never. Sometimes I watch actors and I'm like, I don't believe this for a second. When I, I mean, your character, for for lack of a better word, scared the shit out of me. <laughs> well, that's
0: what that's what they wanted. They wanted the character to do that. You know. Yeah. I mean, I w I didn't play a gangster, I played a loose cannon.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like. Yes, not not and
0: that's where people get it confused. No, no, um,
1: no, no, no. I didn't no.
0: play a gangster. There was nothing organized about what we did. Uh, I was more like, like a wannabe. You know? Yes. That had no problem going or stepping to the plate in any way, shape or form. But there was no there was no organization there, you know what I mean? Nobody right. was there was no structure. So, um, but, and that's what they wanted and that's, that's what, you know, we gave them pretty much, you know. Oh, this My is... My character was written in, you know that. Right, right. We, they had a very, like a skeleton about Phil and, Tom, and Deco and they wrote us in and me and, uh, Tommy... Uh, They told us what we want. We worked with each other, and and then they would tweak us, and this is what they got, you know?
1: Yeah. So Uh, I had a
0: lot of help. I had a lot of people to feed off of.
1: Yeah, and I'm gonna say Phil's the most important person in the story by far. Um, uh, but but you know you're right. I'm glad you said that. It's not the stereotypical gangster. It is such an original performance. And I'm gonna tell you where you really impressed me. Not so much the tough guy moments, uh, Keith. The moments where you're talking to Adam Sandler like an actor one on one, like. You know, we really need to get. It's just those moments that were so impressive that I couldn't believe. Thank you. Yeah, those are the moments that actors train for. And and again, I'm not talking again like not the tough guy moments, not the not that stuff. The the acting moments. That that's the stuff that I was blown away by, Keith. Right. You know. Yeah.
0: But, well, I appreciate that, and I was uh, that was brought up to me too. And like you know, it's funny because I never looked at acting which I didn't think it had so many parts to it. You understand? Yeah. My thing was, you either have it or you don't. Um, But there is a lot of little parts to to acting. And a lot of it is setting the tone, you know, I mean, working off of the other people around you. And for some reason, I do really well when everyone else is, you know, working, playing their part. And if I was to go in a room by myself, I, I, I don't think I can perform the way I did. Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right, you're a
1: team so, player. Yes, I get it.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, so, but, I mean, I, I like when you say that, the, the, the talking part, because for me, the, the angry Phil is, I think, not
2: hard to do. Right.
0: But uh, it was the, 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 the parts in between the extremes the, you know where there was a level playing, you know, and between him and I, and uh, I, I guess I, I think I don't remember, but I think I had conversations with Tommy and a few other people, and I think that's like you said, um, that's the only part I haven't heard feedback on until now,
2: okay. until you.
0: And the words is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, no, it's, t- it's uh, and trusted, I appreciate
0: yeah. that because I was kind of waiting for someone to mention that. Because that part is, is a little more calculated, you know what I'm saying? Right, As right. As opposed to screaming, yelling, and just putting a bunch of words together and you know throwing it out at the perfect time. Um, so, I uh,
1: thank you on that. I really do. No, man, that's it's it's a fact. So, so once they see that, the, I think the casting directors you brought up earlier. How how soon is it that you meet with the the, the uh, Safdie Brothers? When do you meet with them and and how quickly do they realize you're the guy for Phil? Well,
0: um, like I said, uh, Michelle Mansour and Jennifer Fenditti, Right. they brought me up, up to uh, to the studio. Okay. Uh, well, actually, they called me anyway. I said I would go in. I go in, I sit down. She has a small conversation with me about what kind of person they're looking for. And I said, okay. So they explained this to me. They don't give me any script or anything. Oh, no, they did. They gave me something with a couple of lines on it just to give me an idea or a direction. Uh, but most of it, I did on my own. And then, so I I went into it, and just me. They filmed it two or three times. She said, uh, will you do this if we call you? Will you do this? I said, yeah, that's why I'm here. Wow. She said, I just want to make sure you don't have a problem with the camera. Or anything. I, said, no, I got no problem with that. I don't care about that. So I went home the next morning. I got a call. I need you to come in this afternoon. So I go in and they put me with another guy and I felt him out. And it was me having a conversation, you know, kind of scheming, you know, planning something out. And, uh, then they say, are oh, you comfortable I say, yeah, sure. Then they put me with somebody else, and that was Tommy Takomik.
2: Yep.
0: Uh, when they put me with Tommy, and they said, listen, we did our thing, and I felt very comfortable with Tommy, because Tommy would come from the same cloth. So that's Tommy and I. And we're both construction guys. You know, we both grew up... He grew up in Staten Island, the Bronx, you know. Mm-hmm. The same. Like I said, the same cloth. Right. So um, we... We didn't plan anything. We just fed off of each other. We And we wound up going further than what we had planned. And they taped the whole thing. And they were like, okay, Tommy, uh, we'll get in touch with you. They take me outside the room. They said, who would you rather work with? And I looked at it. I said, does it really matter? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who am I, you know? Yeah. I said, no, but if you had to work with someone who? I said, well, Tommy. I mean, the other guy's great, too, but I'm comfortable with Tommy. And they, I go home, they call me again that night. The next day I go in, the Southies were there, everybody was there, and I still, me, I don't know what's going on. We do it again, me and Tommy. I, we walk out of the room, now there was a bench full of people out there, I guess for the same part. They were, I When I walk out, they're all gone. So I look at Tommy, I'm like, come on, man, let's go, let's bounce. And they go, oh, well, where are you going? I says, you're done, right? And they're like, no, no, don't forget it. I says, no, what? And then Tommy looked at me. He goes, no, no. He starts freaking out. <laughs> you're kidding me. You're kidding me. <laughs> and I looked at Tommy just to fool around with him. I says, Tommy, you're talking about me, not you. He, he put his head down like a puppy dog. But he is so funny. I love Tommy. And, and, of course, they wanted both of us. That was me playing with him. Anyway, they both took us in. Um, they loved Tommy and I couldn't have done it without him. Tommy was great. Um, and, uh, I met the Shafties everybody right there. So it was three days, uh, maybe 15 minutes for the first two days. And then the third day we were, we were all in.
1: Wow. Wow. And you know, it's human nature to hear that story is unbelievable, but it's human nature that all of us do this. We doubt ourselves. Do you ever have a moment, Keith, where you're like, you know what, I, I don't know if I belong here with all these people. I mean, you sound like a confident person, a guy who knows what he's about. But is there ever that human nature moment we're like, Jesus Christ, do I really belong here? Or are you kind of confident the whole way through? I
0: did. I did. And, and, and they saw that because uh, I, I asked them, I said, listen, you sure you, I can do this? I said, I have absolutely no training. They don't even have a script for me. You want me to perform as soon as I get up there. Okay? Yeah. And South safety thought I had a copy of the script. I never had a copy of it. We were five sets in. We were working for two weeks already. <laughs> and he said, Just look at your script. I said, I don't have a script. They were like, What? You were doing this on I said, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but be right before that. I had gone to my pastor and I said, listen, I'm getting cold feet here. I think I'm going to make myself look like an idiot and everybody that knows me. And he said to me, he says, Keith, this is where you're going to prove yourself right or wrong. And he says, the only one that's going to look like an idiot is the guy who puts all the money up for the movie. (laughs) And you blow it. (laughs) So I was like, you're right. Okay, so, and I went in and I didn't even think about it again.
2: Wow. I
0: never thought about it again. I just went in there like it was a normal day and I was comfortable around everybody. They made sure of that. <laughs> it wasn't a close set. You know, everybody was around us and we were doing what we had to do. And Adam Sandler was great.
1: It, Very, it, he
0: warmed right up, kind of guy you
1: warm right up to. Yeah, and he seems like a guy. You know, is he? Is he what we think he is, Keith? Is he the guy that's a really good dude behind the scenes too?
0: He is that guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, I. You know, you see people on TV and in movies, and I've known from the past, you know, throughout my years because I've been around, and I've met some big shots. Okay, uh, mostly singers, and they were totally different people when they were off the stage. You understand? Right, right, right. And the kind of people you just didn't want to know. Right. Yeah, and he actually got mad because you thought he was something else or she was something else. So uh, this guy, I was not disappointed at all. Sandman, that's what they call him, Sandman. Yeah. Okay, and he is definitely, he is everything you see on TV. He's a great family man. I met his mother, I met his brother, I met his daughter, his wife. His daughter so sung so, a song to me and my pastor.
2: How do you like that? Wow! Wow! Yeah,
0: his little daughter. My, uh, we were filming right here in Rockaway. We had to do a quick scene, so um, my pastor, he's also my nephew. He uh, he loves Adam Sandler, so he says, "Can I come on set?" I said, "Sure, come on over." So he comes over and uh, we had a rough night that night, but Adam took the time out and said, you know what, let me go meet him. So he met him and uh, his daughter and his mother came by and they were in the trailer and he called them out, introduced us. And then he said, listen, uh, Pastor Gary, my daughter wants to sing you a song. And we just stood there she had a beautiful voice. Wow. And, I mean, this is the kind of... This is not only him. It, you know, you can tell who the guy is when you see how his family is, you know? Right, right. What I mean by that, they're just kids. Good okay? point, they're, good point. They're living up to whatever daddy is. That's okay? right, yep. The mother, his mother, the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, and, and he's a good friend. He has his friends work for him or work with him. I mean, the guy's just an all-around good guy. Uh, he, and... It blew my doors off. He's the only guy that I know of. I don't know a whole lot, but that he, all the shoots, he does everything around his family time.
1: Wow. His
0: family time is first, otherwise, he won't do the movie.
1: Wow. Yeah, that that speaks volumes. To, to be that grounded, oh my God. Oh my God.
0: Okay. No, and he evidently was always that way. Yeah. So yeah. he is. Just to
1: clear that up, he is that guy. You know, yeah. Keith, and he was so screwed over, he should have been nominated. You know, when one of the best actors in, in history of cinema, Daniel Day-Lewis, says it's one of the best roles I've ever seen, I was so hurt for Adam. I really wanted I mean, we all Adam know... Was, he- but you know
0: what it was? Adam wasn't going for that. Right. And I know that for a fact. Right, right. He really wasn't. Adam was just doing what he always, he just gave his best. Did he give a little more on this? I would think so, because it was something he wanted to prove to himself. Okay? Not to anyone else. Just to himself. Can I pull this off? And he most certainly did. I saw the change from the happy-go-lucky guy to this miserable (laughs) you-know-what. He played exactly the opposite of
1: what he is. Right. Right now, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. With, but he put his own little zing on
1: it too. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. but, you know, we, we don't you know, he, I, I know he's not the guy that there's there's actors out there that do things in the hopes of awards and he's not that guy. I just think he should have been recognized by, you know, because it was so good. So do I. Yeah. There's no
0: question about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, he he definitely met every requirement to get that award. There's no, and everybody knows that. And I think uh, Eric Pagosian says, you know, real actors don't need awards.
2: Right. Good quote. Yeah. They
0: don't. Yeah. And, Eric, and let me tell you, Eric Pogosian's another guy who I love to death. And I call him. As a matter of fact, I was just speaking to him the other day. We talk all the time. We, we have a lot in common, uh, uh, you know, more than you would think. And he's just a really grounded guy. And I don't know if everybody in Hollywood is like the kind of guy that reaches out and says, here, look, let me teach you. Not because they don't want to, but because they don't have the time. Right. Okay. And it's not like he has the time. He, he, he actually went out of his way to school me and at first I don't think either one of us really cared for each other you know we could take it or leave each other Right. but there was a scene uh, uh, there was actually two scenes but the first one where he got very aggravated because the directors were telling me one thing and they were telling him another but they weren't telling us what we were doing it so, I had to step over him on his words,
2: right? Right. And
0: step on top of him or whatever. Whatever <laughs> they call him, step on his words.
2: Step on his lines, anyway, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, he slams the dance board. And he's, rah, he's all, the veins are coming out of his neck. <laughs> and I just looked at him. I thought it was hysterical. Right? And we get out, and he's just boiling over. And everybody said, What you do to him? I, I, I don't know. Obviously, I stepped on his words, uh, but I just did what I was told. And I said, "But you know what? Don't even say nothing to him. I don't want to cause no, you know." I said, "Just let him go." So he went on, and then he came back, and he's like, "I am so sorry. <laughs> uh, I forgot who I was working with the Safties because they tend to put you against each other <laughs> because they're trying to create that. Evidently." Eric might not have had that smoke that they wanted right. at that particular time, so they said, "Let's wake him up," and they did. <laughs> <laughs> then we went back and we shot it, and it was perfect. <laughs> but uh, and then that was that's when we just started to get along a little, and then there was a scene, um, you know, you saw the end of the movie,
1: right? Where you're bl- there's a scene where you're bleeding, right? There's a scene.
0: Yeah. Well, what happens is, I he, they tell me. We had we did something right before it and it there was just something missing. There was no spark. You understand? Right. It's just, it's without killing him, can you give a push a little pressure against the wall? You know. Right. I said, Yeah, sure I could do that. And I know I can. What I didn't calculate was him not realizing it. And he kind of tripped. I think he tripped over his foot when, you know, when you're going backwards. Right. I don't. I think he held back on one leg, and he kind of leans back into the wall a little harder. And between that and my little push, we literally broke the glass on the wall, all the pictures, and it wasn't breakout glass either.
2: Oh.
0: So <laughs> he gets upset. Now I was. I had. I had to put the gun up to his face. Well, you know, close. Right. And then it's a the part where he smacks the gun. Well, he smacked it the wrong direction. So the hammer of the gun just nicked my face. I, didn't even, I, mean, I felt like a brush, but nothing. I didn't even know it. Right. And, and, and I guess he scratched my face and I was bleeding. So he sees this. I don't see it. I don't even feel it. I'm in, you know, I'm in character. And my character is to be pissed off, right? right. So he, he thinks I'm really pissed off. <laughs> So, I go to throw him um, into the, um, you know, like, I have, there's a part where I swing him over against the counter. Okay, now we work, we're, we know how to work with each other. I'm not really doing it. But at this point, what happens is he starts running for the door. <laughs> so, I'm like, I know like the sapties. The sapties are always telling someone to do something they shouldn't be doing, Right. Mm-hmm. So I figure, all right, let me go with it. So I grab him, and I'm pulling him back to where he's supposed to be. And I'm like, wow, he's put a lot into it. Now, all this is happening in microseconds. So I finally give him a little more of a pull, right? He goes all the right. way. He pushes the counter all the right way against the wall. The camera lady is back there, right? <laughs> or somebody. She's trapped, and she's afraid to come up. And now I got the gun to his head. Remember the part where I had the gun Was that yes, the movie?
2: Yes, yes.
0: That's when he realized he's still in queue. Because there's no bullets in the gun. What am I going to do? Shoot him with an empty gun? <laughs> so he's like, oh, he's still acting. Right? Yeah. But what happens there is I'm supposed to step over Adam's body. As you know, I just shot him. Yeah. Well, I go to step over his body, and there's no Adam. And my peripheral vision, I'm noticing all these people, so I'm staying in queue. And they yell, cut, and I stop, and I just pick my head up slowly, and I'm looking. And I'm just, you know, I'm scanning the whole side of the room, and it's like all these people, you know, security, everything. And Tommy is sitting in the chair, and he says, are you okay? I says, leave me, I'm fine, we're too much. And he laughed, And he said, you know, you're bleeding. I said, "Ah, right, don't worry about it. So I turn around, and I look at, at Eric, and I said, Eric, we okay? He, he looks like he lost his dog, you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's standing there with his shoulders down. He's like, what What just happened? I said, you are right man? He says, no, are we okay? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And then and that's when the staffies came over there hugging me. Everybody was sitting there saying, should we jump him? Should we jump him? They thought something really happened right. to the point where one director said, cut it. The other director said, no, 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 let it go, let it go. They didn't know if it was for real. That's how good of a job it was. And all it was, really, was that I had gotten cut, and he pushed against the wall a little too hard, but nobody got hurt. Right. It's just the way it looked, it looked so real. And then naturally we found out later that they told me one thing and they told him another. So we laughed it off, and that was it. But we became asshole buddies. You ever have a, ba- you yeah. ever have a ball fight? Yeah, yeah. And you, you become best friends or mm-hmm. a fight at school? Yeah. And you become best
1: friends? And right. That's what happened there. Oh, man. What
0: Only a, it wasn't a real fight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they must have loved, I mean, because that, cause that whole scene plays out unbelievably. Like, I mean, and I got to say, man, uh, it's it, like you said, it's so authentic, right? And then... You know, the ending left me stunned, Keith. I mean, my mouth was open. I think for ten minutes, I couldn't believe it. You know, and that's that's all what you just said up leading to the through that moment, man. It's just that's movie making at its best, Keith. Well,
0: as far as the ending went, um, I don't know if anyone noticed, but through the whole movie, right?
2: Yep. Uh,
0: Almost holding me back. I know when people are watching me from the beginning to the end, they can't help asking themselves, when is he going to cut a finger off or something? Right. It seems like we're toying with him up until when I hang him out the window. Right. That's right when Phil starts to take back the agreement that they wanted him in one piece and alive. Because they were worried about family integrity. And that was kind of the back story. Right. So this guy is taking orders from Arnold. He's not doing it his way. And the frustration, you see Tommy, Nico, how frustrated he is. He's like, come on, let's just do something to this guy. And I'm like, no, Tommy, let me deal with this, Nico. Go outside, you know? Right. Through the whole movie. Remember when he gets punched in the face and I'm calming him down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Through the whole movie, I'm calming him down. And, and even Nico is like, what the hell is he doing? we should have cut this guy up pieces the second time we saw him. Right. Uh, and got the money from him. Right. So we're doing it Arnold's way. Now, when we start to see that it was when I hang him out the window. Now we get locked in the room. Okay? Now, you remember me telling him, uh, eventually, it's, we're going to do it my way. Okay? Right. And, um, and that's exactly pretty much what happened. The agreement between Arnold... And Phil pretty much goes out the door, goes right out the window when he gets locked in that room. And then the taunting, okay, when he points out the guy in Boston, the yeah, Irish yeah. Mob guy. Right. Okay. And so when he's doing all this, he's attacking Phil personally. Yep. And it's very personal between uh, Howard and Phil. So, I mean, when I said to him, are you having a good time? Anybody that comes from Phil's world would know what that means right. in a situation like that. Like the word forget about it. You can go forget about it, forget about, it. you know. It means 10 different things, right? Right. could mean good and bad. Well, the same thing with, "Are oh, you having a good time. And it was personal at that point. It didn't matter how much he won. It didn't matter if he got on his hands and knees and begged him for his life.
1: Yeah, because yeah, you, you could see like that's such a great way of saying that. I never even looked at it that way because yeah, Phil's anger is building the whole movie. You can see him nodding like, okay, all right, all right. He's not being really overly aggressive up until the window thing. You're right, and then you could tell when he's locked in that little like that glass room in between. He's you know like, like like you just said, are you are you having fun? Like, and now that I look back at it, that was the end. That was goodbye. You know.
0: You know when Phil really starts to lose it, the real giveaway is when I put the gun up. When Phil puts the gun up against the glass, Phil is smarter than that. That would be something Arnold would do, not Phil. Right. But Arnold in turn says, listen, that's bulletproof glass. All it's going to do is ricochet and shoot us, ourselves, you know, or each other. Now, that's where Phil snapped. And having to put the gun in his belt again and sit and take a seat. That's where the decision was made. That's when the, it got to the point where it didn't matter what happened. All right, Phil literally got beat down on this collection. He's humiliated. This is a guy with a lifetime of achievements of collecting money successfully, right? With with a, with a few exceptions, okay. And here a bozo, and that's how that's how Phil looks at Arnold and Phil, so, like bosoms, like, hey, I got this, this is a joke, and we get our foot in the Diamond District door, you right, know, right. that kind of thing, okay, and the whole thing just backfires, because he went against everything he was taught, well, well, and listen to
1: Arnold. Yeah, Keith, See? let's face it, though, Howard is kind of, Howard's a weasel, like, I mean, yes, we, we, we cheer for him, we want him to do well, but... At the end of the day, I could see where Phil would react the way he did. Howard is, is the ultimate weasel. He's the ultimate, he is kind of a scumbag, right?
0: Exactly. He just wants his money. He's married to a Jewish family, which also could be for money. You don't know. We don't get into his character that way. Right. Now, me knowing Eric, I would say no. But as, 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 as Howard, I would you, would. you have to think that way. You have to think, well, this guy, he's no good. Right. You know, he's married in a Jewish family, he's lending money out, secretly lending money out to family, extorting people for ridiculous amounts of money on return, okay? Yeah, he's a weasel, okay? Um, and But, you know, Adam, they were rooting for Adam the whole time, especially, okay, when Adam wins, when, when Howard wins that money. Right. Okay, the whole crowd, the audience is, he's sharing the adrenaline of the gambling win. That win that you get, that adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. It's like an addiction. Right. He shared that with the whole audience. Right. And that was perfect timing to let Phil go. And that's what what sold it. And the only one that could do that was Adam. In reality, Adam sold that because he got everybody caught up in that adrenaline of the win. And that's the truth. Everybody was like, yeah. And then all of a sudden you hear pop. Yeah. And everyone's like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. And that's how the Saptis do their, they, they work their magic. They're very, they're very good
1: at what they do. Yeah, yeah. You are such a good dude, my friend. I have one last question for you. So we know the movie-making process is kind of, you know, it's ne- it's hardly ever you know start to finish. They they do things out of order and so forth. So when you see the movie after premiere in front of in front of an audience, how does that make you feel? Right, you're. Wa- I mean, your character is huge in the movie. Um, it's your first big acting role. Are you overcome with emotion? I mean, considering the ending, all this other stuff. What- uh,
0: I'll tell you what. I'm I'm, a little, I, I'm abnormal. <laughs> I'm
1: abnormal,
0: but okay, when, uh, naturally when I first went there, I was like, I couldn't believe I didn't know what was going on. And everyone's yelling, Adam, Adam, you know. And uh, I think it was Lakeith Stamford and The weekend. You know, they're yelling all these people, you know, the, on the carpet when we're first going in, right? Right. And this was in Canada, the first one I went to. So we're there, and uh, we sit down, and, I, and, and the, the movie starts, and I... I now mind you, I didn't know how this was going to work out. I thought I was in. I came in somewhere in the middle. Right. Well, it starts with me coming in.
2: Wow, that's right. I, yeah, I didn't,
0: I didn't know that. Right. And they said they had a surprise for me. I said, "Please, no more surprises." <laughs> well, so and then when I smack him, it goes right to that. I was like, "What just happened?" You know, yeah. I was a little disappointed at first because me knowing all the work we did to start with that. But then I understood it because it gets the, the, the whole audience, it gets their curiosity. Then it goes pretty much goes into the story of why he got smacked. Instead of going into the owning of the money then getting smacked, they started kind of backwards. I smacked him. That's how the movie starts, right? Mm. And everyone's sitting there like, I don't get it. What happened? Well, that was uncalled for. You know, that kind of thing. Right. And then it goes into the story of how arrogant, sneaky, uh, um, how it could be, you know? Right. Uh, So I was a little worried there. And then when we got to the part where he's winning the audience and me knowing... What's going to happen next? Right. I looked at my brother. My kid brother went with me. So I looked at him and he looked at me and I slid down. He said, what are you doing? I said, you'll see. And then all of a sudden, boom. (laughs) And I didn't want anybody to know where I was. Uh, So I kind of snuck out of the theater, you know. (laughs) And I said to my brother, Kevin, nobody is going to want to talk to me. Not for anything good. And then when I got outside the the, the theater, uh, this is uh, again in Canada. Everyone started I started hearing Keith, but I'm thinking they're yelling LaKeith
2: because
0: right. like Keith Sanford was there. Right. So was telling me Keith, they're calling you and are not calling me. They're calling LaKeith. You know, they called me before. Right. And, and no, 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 they want you, so they made me walk the carpet. You know, with a bunch of guys around you, the
2: whole
0: nine. Right. So I walked the carpet, and I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. You know what I mean? Right. Normally, there's a crowd that wants to choke me, and these guys want to hug me. (laughs) (laughs) And then one guy says to me, can you put me in a headlock? He wants to take a picture of me playing in the headlock. So I go to do it, and then all the all the security runs over. No, you can't do that. <laughs> but it was fun. I had a great time. I was a little overwhelmed uh, for a second, you know? Right. Uh, but for whatever reasons, I kind of went right into it, you know? Right. But I'm a laid-back person. I'm not a big crowd person at all. Right. Uh, I like to sit back and the cut and just watch everyone have a good time. Don't get me wrong, I'll sit around and I'll hang around and goof around. But when it comes to like getting into a crowd, like just pushing into the middle of a crowd and having a conversation, that's not me. Right,
2: right. So,
0: but I, uh, it was a whole new, everything was different from that day. Right, no. Even the way I thought was different.
1: Right, right, you know? no. But it's almost like, yeah. every Keith, everything you endured in life, everything you've gone through, the hardships, the overcoming a lot of things, and, you know, it's almost like, I don't want to say it's like a, a reward or a... Fa- but it's almost like it's, it's, a, it's a deserved moment from a guy who, frankly, just deserved it. Like, you deserve that moment. You worked your ass off to get there. You've overcome so many things. Like, that's an achievement. You deserve that moment.
0: I think the only thing that makes people deserving for anything is the fact that they can admit when they're wrong. right? And they know they weren't going the right way. And once they come to that, you know, that crossroad, and they're like, yeah, that's me. Like me, I tell everybody everything. And my brother says, why do you do that? And I tell them, well, because now, now that I told them, and it came out of my mouth, them trying to tell anybody who was speaking about it, the first thing they're going to say is, "Yeah, we already know." He said that.
2: Right, right, right. So
0: nobody has. It doesn't matter how bad or how you know uncomfortable it might be. Uh, it is what it is, and so. But I thank you for that. Uh, as far as being deserving, well, I'm only. I'm only you know the answer to that. I'm, a, I'm only as deserving as the man upstairs says I am. Well, no, that's well but said. Yeah, I, I do appreciate that. I don't feel anybody owes me anything. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's a good thing for me because otherwise I'd be miserable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know? Right. Because, yeah, really. Yeah, I'd be very disappointed. (laughs) know,
1: I... Maybe uh, maybe deserving is the wrong... You know, it's just, like, if this was a movie about your life and that's where the the movie had ended, like, you'd be somebody that people would be cheering for and happy for and happy that you had that opportunity and... That you're going to continue kicking ass on the screen and getting these great opportunities. and You know what I'm saying? That, like That's, that's the, good. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. kind of what that, it is. Now,
0: what you just said, that I
1: get. Yeah,
0: and yeah. Th- I, that, I, I, um, it's a good feeling when people tell me, especially when they have a pretty good idea of where I've been. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're like, and I, 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 I'm not going to say who said it, but somebody said, they said two things to me. First thing, when we first started this thing i had said something to somebody and i said well i mean what happens if i mess it up and that person said you, you look like uh what do you say uh oh you look like robert uh oh my lord what's his name the one who played in um pope city
1: oh um um, I've heard Eric Roberts when people talk about you Eric, first, but...
0: Eric Roberts, that's it yeah. Eric, you look like Eric Roberts you, you have a Sean Penn attitude And your name is Keith Richards That's what he said <laughs> He said, how can I go wrong? And I looked at him and I said, All right, I guess you're right
1: <laughs> Man, you are you, yeah. You, yeah, you are such a good dude, man I, I am really happy so, for you And I'm looking forward to the future I really think you're. this is just the beginning of a lot of great things This isn't like a once in a you know, uh, a one-hit wonder. I think this is the springboard to a lot of great opportunities, man, and I can't wait to see what the future brings for you.
0: Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> but, you're, uh, you know, it's if, if, if people like you that, if anything, is going to make it happen. The audience, the people, the understanding behind, uh, you know, people not starting off right and somehow straining out. Uh, because I know for a fact... That's been stories in a lot of people's lives. They keep saying that the the past bites them in the butt, but I don't believe in that because I don't hide it.
2: Right, right, no. And
0: if you can't, if you don't hide it, you know, that's like putting the dog in front of you. You understand? There's no way he can bite you in the butt. Right. So, um, but you know, like I started to say, I appreciate everything, all the support from you guys, and I really hope that you're right. And I, um, I mean, I'm easy enough to work with. Like Eric Bogosian said, he said, "You won't have a problem because you're very easy to work with." And I said, "What do you mean by that?" I'm sure there's a lot of people, but he said, "Yeah, but when you, when people first look at you, the first thing that comes to mind is oh shit." you know, I gotta work with this guy, and I said, no, that's not your mind, and he left. but he said, no, you're easy to work with, and that uh, goes a long way in acting, and if he's right, and you're right, then maybe I got a shot, you
1: know? No, I'm right, he is actor Keith Richards, Keith, thank you so much for being on the show today.
0: Thank you. God bless you all, and I hope you all get through this this bad time, this corona time, Um, and I know you will.